0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The text appointed for this morning's sermon is the gospel appointed for Septuagesima Sunday. The gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter, the 1st through 16th verses. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius, And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. Thus far the gospel of our Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus our Lord would have us know what the kingdom of heaven is like. And well, we should. We're part of it. It would be well for us to know how things are done around here. It's especially important that we learn the humility not to come into the kingdom expecting to tell the Lord and His people that we have a better way. You need to do things a different way. The way that makes sense to me. Christ is our King. This is a kingdom. It's not a democracy. He isn't our president elected for a few years term. And when that term is up, we can sit in judgment of his performance and see if we want to reelect him or not. Kings are not subject to the judgment of their citizens. The citizens are subject to the judgment of their king for as long as their king lives. In the case of the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ, that is forever and ever. So that's the arrangement. We don't judge him He judges us because this is the kingdom and he's the king. Jesus tells us a parable. A landowner who is very transparently, in order to make the point, the king of his vineyard. So the landowner represents Jesus. And he goes out looking for laborers to work in his vineyard. The laborers are, of course, the citizens of the kingdom. The members of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. The laborers are, well, you. As the landowner calls workers, so the Lord calls you. The landowner calls some First thing in the morning at dawn. Some at nine. Some at noon. Some finally in the very last hour of daylight. So too. Some of you were called at just days old when you were baptized. Others as children. Others as young adults. I've told you before. (laughs) Sticks in my memory as one of the most memorable moments of my ministry. Going and baptizing a lady in the nursing home in Marlin in her 70s. That can happen too. And while our Lord does not bog down his parable by speaking to every possible contingency, some people get called into Christ's kingdom and then spend a fair amount of time, a fair amount of the time given them away from the labor to which Christ called them. well, then comes payment time. The owner of the vineyard pays those who worked all day the agreed-upon price. At the last, those who worked only an hour get the same wages as those who worked all day. The clear point of analogy is that you all receive The reward of eternal life, no matter how many days or years you served the Lord in this world. But stick to the parable, because here it comes. The ones who worked all day begin to grumble. That's not fair! I'm paraphrasing here a little, but that's their point. And we can all see it. At one point or another, we've all probably been there. Earlier in life, we say it about things that seem trivial as we get older. Someone has nicer clothes or a better bike. Someone's more athletic. Or the grades come to them more easily. A gal who is hoping a guy will ask her to the prom finds out that he asks somebody else. And we said, or we thought. That's not fair. As we grow older, our focus shifts. We lose someone we love. A marriage. Fails. We, or worse yet, one of our children, have health issues. Someone else gets the promotion at work. It freezes for everybody, but sure enough, our pipes are the ones that burst. Someone passes us on the freeway. And the next thing that happens is that we're the ones who get pulled over for driving too fast. Some of these things are kind of trivial. Others are deadly serious. But they can all tempt us as well to cry out to heaven. That's not fair. I don't know how many times... As a child, mom responded to that protestation coming out of my mouth with a simple, dismissive, life's not fair. And it isn't. And we all know it. We all get different things. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. And no, they don't all equal out. Some people have a profoundly easier life than others. We all know this too. But when we think we've pulled the shorter straw, we're tempted to take the matter before the Lord. Lord, how can this be the plan? This really isn't. Fair. Dear ones in Christ, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt have no other gods. And growing up in this country where we are often spoon fed the dogma that all men were created equal and very often don't have that phrase explained to us correctly. There is an idolatry to which we are greatly tempted. The name of that idol is fairness. And when we presume to erect that idol in a position of superiority over God, to sit in judgment of God, and declare Him guilty of unfairness. We really have strayed far from the true faith. Of course, when we do that, we don't think of it that way. That's one of the devil's subtleties. But we don't get to tell God how He needs to be. We don't get to demand that he be fair. You are all poor, miserable sinners who deserve God's temporal and eternal punishment as you yourselves have again confessed this morning. And there are certainly those things that you have done just this last week to make you Deserving of God's wrath and punishment yet again. So think long and hard. Ponder your sins and what you deserve on account of them. Do you really want God? To be fair. Thanks be to that very same God. He isn't. Fairness isn't what drives him. Mercy is. Oh, his justice is flawless. Every sin must receive the punishment appropriate unto it. But his justice was fulfilled by the sinless atoning sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. The perfect, sinless, infinite God-man Jesus Christ bore the full wrath of God for us when he suffered and died on the cross so that the punishment we deserved Would not be brought down on our heads, and we would receive the eternal glory that Christ alone deserved instead of the punishment we deserved. Now, we'd all have to admit that to our way of thinking, that wasn't fair either. Thank God. In the parable, all the laborers receive everything they were promised. We do too. And yet will receive everything we are promised in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. We spend every minute of every day clothed in the righteousness of Christ and basking in the love of God, whether we're actively paying attention to it or not. The resurrection of our bodies in glorified, sinless perfection and eternal life awaits us together with all who have fallen asleep, trusting in Jesus Christ for their salvation. The graciousness of God is such that He gives this salvation to all who receive Him by faith, whether as babies or as old people, whether we've done high-quality work or low, whether we've taken a siesta for half of our lives or not, the laborers all get paid the same. We will all receive the great gift of heaven. There may be differences in our rewards. The Bible does speak to that. But for the purpose of this morning's parable, what matters is that we're in. The gates are open to us. Eternal pleasures await us at God's right hand, as the psalmist says in Psalm 16. Even if those pleasures aren't all exactly equal, they'll all be pleasurable. Rejoice that you have them. Dear ones in Christ, thus saith the Lord again, Thou shalt not covet. Someone has a nicer house than you. A bigger bank account. More trouble-free life. Be happy for them. Rejoice that God has blessed them with these good things. And be content with the manifold blessings He has showered upon you also, even if you don't think they're exactly fair. Looking at the cross, rejoice to hear what the owner of the vineyard announces. I choose to give to the last workers as I have given to you. Under the cross, you stand with the sinful woman, with the penitent thief, with all the people of God. It is not for you to worry if you've done enough to tip the scales in your favor, if you've lived well enough that a fair-minded God would pardon you, you know that your Savior is generous with grace. That He is merciful. And He chooses to give the same forgiveness to all who believe in Him. God is not fair God is gracious and generous and so you are and remain forgiven of all of your sins in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost amen